Alan. Six. How are you with cards? I love Yu-Gi-Oh. Man, that's fantastic, but also not very relevant, because I'm not talking about those kinds of cards. Oh, card that's captor too soccer. Much power. You are still thinking of cards that are far too powerful for us. I don't know that we <laughs> can handle them. I'm talking about classic playing cards. They're cards for playing. They are indeed. And you're Wait. about to get played. <gasps> Wait a minute. Wiki, wiki, wiki. We're going to play some confessional poker. It's a, a challenge of my own designing. Uh, you may see some influence with uh, Texas Hold'em, but I'm sure I assure you that's purely coincidental. How this is going to work is we are going to play some Texas Hold'em poker. We are both going to be given a bank of 10 garnets. We will play until one of us is out of garnets or until after five rounds, someone decides to tap out. Whoever has the most garnets when the challenge is over wins. You keep whatever garnets are left. However, if you run out of garnets, you may also choose to spend some of the garnets that you previously have earned in this podcast. Oh, jeez. To yeah. buy back in. This game's a nightmare. Uh, listeners, we will be um, talking to you directly to let you know what the cards are. Um, when w I will start any sentence that is only for your ears with listener. I will say listener, blah, blah, blah. And Alan will not hear that. And uh, when I want to speak to you, I will start my sentence by saying friend. Because right. I'm speaking to you, my friends. Nice to know where I stand. You ready to play? You are you have a name. You get a name. They don't even get a name. <laughs> You're like a whole quantity of, hum of being above them. All right. Let's do this. Okay. I am going to deal two cards to each of us. Listeners, I have a jack of diamonds and a four of spades. Friend, I have a two and a six, both of clubs. Let's call those clubs. All right. Let's do this. Okay, I'll let you bet first on this one. Okay, I am going to bet one. Okay, I'll call. Two garnets from each of us in the pot. Here comes the flop. Five of diamonds. Ace of hearts. Ah, ace. Nine of diamonds. Okay, my turn to bet. I'll stay. Next card. Ace of spades. A classic song. Your bet. Uh, huh. Interesting. I... Listener, I really have fuck all right now. I'm going to... What, what are my options again? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you can uh, bet or yep. you can stay. Okay. I'm going to stay. Okay. All right, then. Playing what's called the long game. Uh, Dota? Yeah, that's the one. Eight of hearts. The kingdom of hearts. Um, I'm just going to stay. This I'll be frank. This sucks. I'll be All darling right. in the franks then. All right. Get, get, your, get your cards on the table. Okay. Spicy, spicy. Okay. Alan has eight, uh, pair of aces nine high. I have pair of aces jack high. Farts. I win. 
close. Yeah, no, we both had had F all. Uh, great. <laughs> okay. Shuffle the deck. So that brings your your garnet count currently to. Uh, I have fourteen garnets. You have six. Okay. You have me. Yay! A dream come true. All right, I'm going to deal some more cards. I'll deal to myself first this time. Sorry, that sounded weird. Please don't own your friends. I mean, in like the video gaming sense, go for it. Please do not actually own people. Anyways. Listener, I have three of clubs, ace of clubs. I have a two of, uh, what's the points one called? I think that's, <laughs> I think that's spades. I have a two of spades and a five of diamonds, uh, friend, listener. Okay. Um, I'll bet first. I will bet one. Uh, I will, uh, I will bet one as well. Okay. So you're calling or you're raising? I'm raising. Oh, okay. Call. Oh, jeez. Six in the pot. Here comes the flop. Six of diamonds. <gasps> I mean... Seven of diamonds. Ten of hearts. <laughs> I like poker now. <laughs> Whew. All right. If I get... Uh, listener, if I get a lot of pressure, I'm probably just going to fold. There's not much here. All you, Alan. Your first bet. Oh. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I am going to... I'm going to... I'm going to hold. To to stay? That's the one. I don't know the words. Right. Okay. Here comes the next card. Here comes the jump Jack kick. of diamonds. Huh. Ha ha ha. I'm going to stay. Here comes the last card. Queen of clubs. Your bet. Oh, boy. I'm going to stay. Oh, God. Okay. Showdown. <laughs> I'm sorry, dear listener. Oh, wait. Maybe this worked out. Wait, maybe this worked out! <gasps> uh, okay. Alan has queen high. Six has ace high. Six wins. Fuck! I don't know how things work. Oh, is poker <laughs> the one where ace is high and not ace is low? Yes. Is yes. that why people say ace is high? <laughs> that is why they say that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how numbers work. This is so hard. Okay, so I, six, now have 17. Alan has three. Uh, just mentally exhausting. I'm ready for it, though. I'm ready to win. Here we go. Okay, dealing cards. Yeah. Hello, friend. I have two of diamonds and six of clubs. Listener, I have five of spades, four of diamonds. I think you bet first this time. Hell yeah, I do. Uh, I'm betting one. I'll fold. Oh, jeez. Does that just end this? Uh-huh. Okay. So you gained a garnet that time. You are up to four. I am down to 16. Oh, wow. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Head. I won't tell you what I had. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't. That's that's the way to be. That's the way okay. to play. The only way to play. All right, dealing. The listener is like, ah, good job, Alan. Thanks, listener. Um, okay. Uh, friends, I have a jack of diamonds and a six of diamonds. So I'm in a fun spot. Let's see how this goes. Listener, I have 
Eight of diamonds, five of spades. I'll... I'll stay. Thought about it, I thought about it, I'll stay. Let's see the flop. Huh. Oh. Alright, you are bet. How much is in the pot right now? Uh, right now it's just the two. Just the buy-in. I will stay. Alright. Next card. Eight of spades. I will raise two. Bet two, excuse me. Oh my god. Oh, I'm just doing some mental me- mental calculations. Certainly. Take your time. There's basically no way Alan wins this. At least this hand. I've, I've got him. I will fold. All right. It gives you four? It uh, Yes, it gives me four, but three of those were originally mine. So that means we're back to six with 17. Alan with three. Oh. Dealing. Hey, friends, I have ooh, a queen of hearts and a queen. No, uh, sorry, excuse me, a king of hearts and a queen of spades. Listener, I have jack of hearts, six of hearts. You ready? I am ready. All right. I am going to bet one. Uh, I will raise one. Okay. So you're raising it to two then. Correct. Okay, that that's all in for you. Yes, it is. Okay, I'll call. Here comes the flop. Oh, jeez. Nine of hearts, three of spades. Oh, oh. King of heart or king of spades? Excuse me. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I hate poker. It's so scary. <laughs> okay, uh, it's your bet. Uh, oh, sorry, you can't bet. I'm sorry. We just have to play from here. Yep. Okay, next card. Queen of Diamonds. <laughs> Last card. I'm flopping my hands around like I'm a Muppet over here. This is so fun. This is Three so good. Three of clubs. Oh, my God! Cards on the table. Can I just... Can I... <laughs> I'll shut up. I'll shut up. You said cards on the table? Yes. Look at that shit. Look at that shit. My goodness. Alan has two pair kings and queens. Six has I have three pair because there's also Oh wait, no, sorry. Two you can't you can't do that. Uh yeah, I've got a I've got a pair of threes from from the table. Um and then king high. So, that is that is definitely a win in your corner. Baby, baby, baby. I'm playing poker here now. So, six now has 14 and Alan now has six. <laughs> That's confusing. All right. All right. Dealing cards. I think I figured out the trick to poker. Get good cards? Yes. It helps a lot. Listener, I have five of spades, two of spades. Hi, friends. I have two of clubs, eight of spades. Who knows how this is going to go? I'll probably fold. Don't tell six. Okay. Can I just tell you, I've been playing a little game with the listener where I keep, like, talking to them. Like, they're, like, having fun with me on my side of the table. <laughs> That's fair. I have I have been... You can probably guess the kind of tone that I've been striking. Monotone. I have oh. some fluctuations to my voice. But I've been very matter-of-fact, I would say. I like it. I like it. You're, it's the Dota. Uh, okay, I think it's your bet this time. Hell yeah, it's my bet. Uh, bet one. Okay. Call. 
Here comes the flop. Here comes the jump kick. Uh-oh. Oh. Interesting. Very interesting. I will bet two. Uh, I'm going to call. Okay. The pot is now eight cards. Oh, I'm sorry. I never read the river to the listener. That's my bad. The river currently is seven of hearts, five of diamonds, four of spades. Now the next card. Six of clubs. How interesting. Eep! Um, I, I Don't let me play poker. I have no poker face. You are bet first. I can bet? Yes. I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to raise another one, so I'm going to bring it up to one more. Hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm oh. dying. I'm dying. Please. I'll call. Thank you. All right. Show them off? Not yet. One more card. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seven yeah, there it is. Of spades. Huh. <sighs> huh. <sighs> now we show them off. Yes, we do. Spaghetti. There it is. Alan has straight four to eight. Six has pair of sevens. Alan wins. Okay. Sorry, that looks bad on the waveform. That brings the score to six, nine. Alan, 11. Don't call to come back. I'm becoming a soundboard. I guess we never really can. Sorry, six. I just just wanted to bump in here. I was gonna say you're also probably clipping pretty hard. Oh yeah, sorry. Hold on, I I can fix that. Yep. (laughs) Bump my numbers down a little bit. Okay, now I should be good. Uh, Uh, I, I don't know if we were good enough friends at this point when we started this podcast, but like a thing you'll learn about me really quickly is that I get too into competitive things. hmm. Um. So rip. Oh my god. Listener, I have seven of clubs. Six, I can hear you. Six, two I can hear of you. hearts. Six, I can hear you. Oh, well, I was going to fold anyway, so it works out. So, I fold. All right, well, okay. That's I was I was literally planning to do that as soon as I got done. Uh, so, yeah, it okay. works out. But yeah, listener, I had seven of clubs, two of hearts. Whoops. I had two other cards. Fair enough. Dealing. Also, by the way, the, since I had to fold, the score is now 6 has 8, Alan has 12. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, friends, I have a Queen of Hearts and a 10 of Hearts. Isn't that fun? Listener, I have 6 of Clubs, 5 of Clubs. Your bet. Mm, I'm going to go ahead and bet 2. I'll call that. Give me that river. Give me that. No, not the river. The other thing. No, it is the river. You're right. Oh, okay, give me the river. It's the it's the flop, but the flop is part of the river. I think. Flop house. Gotcha. 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 If I recall correctly. Seven. That's. Just, I'm gonna say for these this time for the people. The river currently is a seven of spades, a king of diamonds, an eight of hearts. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'll bet one. And I will. I will. I will. Um, call. Okay. Card number four. Uh, bummer. Queen of Spades. Now we're in a- Actually? Huh. Fascinating. Is it? It is your bet. 
Wait. Mental math. Mental math. Uh, I will hold. I will not add anything to it. Okay. Here comes the last card. Ten of diamonds. I should have noticed. Okay, this is fine. We're throwing them off to the the kids now? No. There's the last bet. (laughs) It starts with me. I keep forgetting. I I thought it was five. Okay, we're good. I will bet three. Wow. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to hold. Oh, jeez. You're going to call? Is that what you mean? I'm going to call, yeah. Okay. Oh, jeez. Why would you do that? (laughs) Are you trying to win this? Showdown. Since I was bluffing, it is good that you called. No, I think you still got that. Wait, no. No, no, I didn't. I don't have anything. I got queen. I got pair of queens. You got a pair of queens, pair of tens. Oh, I have God. king high. I love poker. I'm. A, I'm gonna go pro. Actually, I'm gonna just. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go join the pro, pro poker team. Um, I was and then we'll... really close to having the straight, but you know, I wasn't gambling on it. And then I was just trying to go for the pressure at the end there. Uh, that loses me seven, so I am down to one. All I can do this round is buy in. Wow. And Alan is up to 19. However, I'm going to invest five garnets from my pool. Oh, my God. So now, I, oh, yeah, because you have like a million garnets in the game. I, I had a game. decent number. So now I am up to six garnets. Which are just all for me to win, is what you're saying. Well, we'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. Good bluff earlier, by the way. I didn't say that. Eh, I mean, it didn't work, so. <laughs> a good bluff's it's, a bluff You that did works. scare me. You successfully scared me. Dealing cards. I'm also Aryan. <laughs> I don't think you folded. Oh, you, fo- you did fold once. Never mind. Yes. Listener, I have six of diamonds, five of clubs. Uh, friends, I have a seven of clubs and a four of diamonds. Okay, I think it is your bet. Okay. Good luck with this editing, by the way. I believe in you. Uh, I will bet... What's the current number? 19? I'll bet two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll call. I have to bury you is the thing. People want to watch. People want to listen to us talk about the genius. They do, I suspect. All right. Uh, since I have called, here comes the flop. Two of hearts. Three of hearts. Uh-oh. Five of diamonds. Which are, incidentally, forever. Diamonds are for everyone. That's that Bond song. <laughs> oh, uh, God. My bet... Let me see. How many... I've got three down, which means I've got three left. So I'll bet two. Uh, I will raise one. Okay. I will call, and no more bets can occur because I am out of garnets. All are on the table. Please, 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 please. You know what I mean? It's like, please. Six of hearts. Four of hearts. Interesting. Showdown. Can I, can I just... Okay. You can go ahead and put yours first. Okay. So what does that give you? Uh, I'm trying to remember if a straight is better than a two-pair. I think a straight is better than a two-pair, so it gives me a straight. 
also gives you a straight. However, you have the superior straight with seven high. Congratulations, Alan. You have won 25 garnets and the challenge. Oh my god, I love this show that we do! It's this super was a good. fun challenge. This was a fun challenge. This is so fun. Can we just play poker after this? We certainly can. <laughs> but for now, I believe you need to assign me some homework. I do, and I actually came prepared this time. I told Six after last episode, I was like, hey, if I don't think of something, tell me that I already did. And I did. Uh, okay. And I'll make it easy for you, because my media homework for you is going to be the 2009 album by the band metric entitled fantasies okay i'm gonna have you listen to some tunes uh metric is my favorite band um and that's all i'm gonna say for now hmm. uh, so get excited it's a it's like not a long album so this will be you know it's 42 minutes long so technically you don't have to listen to all of it but you should probably listen to all of it uh and i'm excited to hear what you think all right sounds good well, end of the show, I guess. Bye, everyone. Be right back to talk about the TV show. The Garnet Wager is a game where two players compete in challenges while watching episodes of The Genius. Challenges occur once per podcast, and the winner receives a quantity of garnets, depending on the challenge, and can assign media homework for that episode. The loser must report back on that media at the end of the episode. If they liked it, the winner receives an additional garnet. Garnets may also be wagered in various bets, according to the whims of the players. Garnets are not obtained automatically. When you successfully win a garnet, you have five minutes to claim that garnet, or it becomes available for your opponent to claim. The first person to say Jin Ho, after five minutes have elapsed, receives the garnet, so long as they inform their opponent of the acquisition at the end of the episode. This is the Garnet Wager. Begin. everyone and welcome back to another episode of not oops all anime i need to start it no i'm oh. not gonna start this i'm just gonna salvage it i'm just gonna salvage it we're gonna salvage it welcome to the garnet wager i'm six datmar i'm alan ibrahim alan i've got the strangest feeling of deja vu it's so nice we had to do it twice i think this is actually the sixth time we've recorded this show because we've had four episodes so far and then we've had this episode and now we have this episode again. Folks, <laughs> we lost a recording. We did an oops. No, we didn't do an oops. That's a different show. God damn it. It keeps coming back to that, doesn't it? <laughs> no I, if I you do. want me to be on an episode of oops, I can do it. I like talking my anime. All right. Well, we'll, we'll work that out off air, I think. Because okay. right sure. now, we have to talk about episode five of The Genius, season one, Scamming Horse Race. 
<laughs> Sorry, now I'm just gonna keep flashing back to to the uh the the uh forgettable uh mystery recording. Like how we made like ten jokes about scamming horse race. The the horse <laughs> yeah. scammer thing. I, Cheating I race. I yeah. Cheat horses. <laughs> Six, what 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 happened? What's what's this episode about? Okay, so this hor- this episode is about this horse a- is about <laughs> this episode is about horses, and these horses are like made of like carved wood, and they're like painted, right? Yeah, and there are eight of them. Wow, that's a lot of horses. And they're it's it's not a small quantity. However, when they're made of wood and very small, it's not that big a deal. It's manageable. They that's poop good. less. Um, so you have these eight wooden horses on a table, and this table is divided like a board, right? Okay. It's got 20 spaces on it. Mm-hmm. And through dice rolls, over the course of 12 rounds, you will have a simulated horse race. Oh. Now, here's the thing. There's The winners and losers have already been decided. <gasps> the player's job is to, through the use of clues that they obtain, determine what horses are going to place first and second and bet on them in order to receive a payoff. Big bucks. And uh, that's basically, that's the gist of the game. There are 12 rounds that'll be played in. Guess first and second. Use your clues and the clues of other teammates. And also you can buy additional clues with garnets, if you like. And figure out what's going on. We're um we're going to kind of do a quicker version of this episode this time. um Because... As I say, we talked about it for 70 minutes already. <laughs> yeah, that was a long so, one. That was a, that was a bit of a spicy one. It was. It was. We had a good discussion. Um, we went real We went real beat by beat. We went through the granular, riveting adventure of the ups and downs. And uh, we're, we're still going to have some excitement, but we're going to take it in a little bit of a different direction. So you said before, last, last, last time we talked about this, you said that this was specifically not your favorite episode, right? Correct. I I would say it's not a bad episode. This is a good show, but I just I think my my main conclusion was like my problem with this this episode is that you're watching people watch a game as opposed to people playing a game, mm-hmm. and it just means that the pacing is kind of slow and the middle of it is like kind of worthless because it's just like you know the usual oh people are making deals and planning things but then like. Nobody makes a play. It's just where they put their bets is is what the game ends up being, which is fine. So, it's just not that interesting. So is it the dynamics of it, or is it like specifically the part where everyone's standing around the table watching dice rolls happen that that you feel like is it's bogs things down? Well, I like the stuff when people are standing around watching dice rolls happen because that's like some of the most exciting stuff in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just don't like that they're not doing anything. Hmm. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, and I also feel like the betting isn't very well conveyed this episode. Like, I mean, just the way it's edited and the cinematography and how much time they have to compress into the episode, you you quickly lose track of, of where all the bets are being placed. And I'm sure also there are lots of bets you don't see get placed, right? Right. And so it feels like, unlike other episodes, you don't have a realistic opportunity to keep track of what's happening, um, which is kind of frustrating. Well, you, you tried to do that, though, correct? Because you were like... Mm-hmm. Making notes of like every bet that everyone makes. Uh, yeah, the show makes and, two efforts to uh, to counteract that worry. The one is they straight up tell you something that they don't usually say in the show, which is, "Hey, if you pay attention, you can figure out the winner uh, before we do it." 
which mm-hmm. is like usually true of most of the games in this show is if you really are like watching everything and taking some notes or you have a good memory, then you'll figure it out. But um, they straight up say it, which is like, hey, if you pay attention to this, you'll get a lot more out of this episode. So that's mm-hmm. probably part of why I didn't love it, because I kind of watch it for the character dynamics more than the games. Mm. And then B, uh, I forget what my B was, so I'm going to just move right along. <laughs> well, so I was keeping track of the bets, right? And there were two reasons I stopped. One is it was taking up such a large chunk of my notes. Yeah. And two is I realized that there were bets happening that I wasn't seeing. Because, like, I would I would be keeping track of the bets, and then I would see, you know, like, the chips and sort of, like, the corner of the frame placed down on the table... And, like, I don't have, like, it's not, like, ridiculously high res. It's not 4K. I can't put my eye up against the TV to be, like, certain. But it looks like there are significantly more chips on the table than should be, according to my notes. Yes, that's so true. So it's like, it's like, okay, well, then I guess why am I keeping track of this? Right? Right. The game tends to feel kind of less fun when they are doing things that you're not able to keep up with. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, then what? Like, I'm just, well, I'm yeah. waiting for the game to tell me what the results are as opposed to trying to... Like participate like you were. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's a level of, like, in any of these episodes, there's a level of trust you have to have between the viewer and the editors that they're going to show you the important stuff, and I'm sure they, they did. Um, I'm, I'm sure they showed you the bets that were, like, shifting the momentum or, like, indicative of people's, like, intentions and strategies. Yeah. But still, to so blatantly see how much there is that you're not seeing kind of feels weird. It's unfortunate because, like, again, there's so much fun character stuff uh, in mm-hmm. this episode just that you have to look for. And then it's like, well, the game itself is eh, it's kind of a yeah. lot of behind the scenes math, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like, so so this episode, let's see. Let, let's talk about some of the character stuff, right? Because I feel like we have to keep a, a picture of how the relationships are shifting, alliances are shifting, and how that's affecting the larger game, right? Hell Yeah. Agura hasn't been having a lot of success in the last couple of challenges, right? Absolutely not. And I feel like it's starting to take his toll because in this challenge, no one wants to work with him. At least in, in the in the first like the first two people he approaches, people don't want to work with him. Um, Jin Ho just completely brushes him off, and uh, oh, uh, shit, Alan, what's up, listeners and Alan? Uh, we already claimed our garnets. I didn't just Jinho Allen. Oh, um, thanks. Because huh. <laughs> it seems like it would be unfair to do that again. Um, I am going to have to adjust some numbers. Mm, let me see. Uh, I mean, wouldn't it. you just keep them the way they were after recording this the first time? Yeah, but there were... Yeah. Okay, so um, so we had the... Let, 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 me, let me just quickly knock out the, the Garnet changes. So sure. we have your 25 from the challenge. Yep. We have my minus five from the challenge. Yeah. We have your minus four from betting on horse number four. And that didn't work out. Sad face. We have my minus six for betting on horse number six. And that didn't work out. And then we have my plus five from a wager I made mid-episode to you um, that Urim would win the DM. Yes, that's correct. I know that's not a very exciting unveiling of that, uh, folks. You're going to have to bear with us a little bit. Some things are going to be bumpy because we're re-recording this. So, bear with us, please. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, Gura doesn't have any luck with Jinho, and he goes to Songmin, and Songmin seems kind of willing to work with him, but then like tries to give him a clue, and Gura doesn't understand it, and just sort of like (laughs) like just starts like getting really, like, maximum grouchy old man and goes to sit in a corner. 
Um, this game is complicated. This game is complicated, but here's my question for you. Yes. Is Gura's reign coming to an end? Is Gura going to be just like just a regular player from now on? Because it seems like Songmin has fully usurped his position in the last couple of games of like the major mover and shaker of alliances. Right. I think, yeah, Gura more than anything, though, has been just present and on the right side of history. Um, so I think if, he's, if he continues to not really play uh, and to be the sort of like Sour Patch Kid of the batch and just not contribute, then the show is just going to move on without him. I don't think if he's going to keep up that act uh, that he's going to last long. I think if he can maintain his alliances and participate a little bit more, then he should be fine. He's actually pretty smart if he puts if he tries. Mm. He's like that one yeah. student in school that I was, where it's like, oh, you'd be really smart if you tried. Yeah, and I mean, I I understand. Like, I've competed in 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 competitions where the alliances are shifting, and we have that moment where you realize, like, oh, for some reason, everyone has decided this game that they're not going to work with me. It's really tempting to go pout. <laughs> it's right. just like fucking fucking. Why am Fuck I this here? Whole game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I sympathize, but it also just like. He he definitely he goes out of his way to be out of the way this episode. Ah. Like when when I say he sits in a corner, that's literal. He literally finds a corner of the space where no one is, sits in a chair, slumps with his arms crossed, and looks pissed for a while. <laughs> well, because there's fundamentally a difference between Gura, who's like, "This is confusing, and people aren't working with me. This sucks," and then like Sungyu, who even is more so me, where he's just like, "I'm trying. I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> <laughs> I need I need I'm like confused about the rules consistently. And mm-hmm. like they make a joke about that at the beginning where they're like, "Hey, hey, you got a hint. Write it down. You're going to forget it. You're going to you're going to forget it, but please don't be don't make goof this up unnecessarily." Mm. And he's like, "Oh, I guess so." Like that character is mu- is actually to me more fun to watch than Gura who's just like ready to bounce as soon as things uh don't go his way. Mhm. Yeah, and I, it's it's been more interesting in that, like, there have been times where Gura's been in the minority, and I felt like he's had some really good, like, interesting angles on things. Like, I guess I'm mostly thinking of Abundance and Famine, right? Where he was just, like, he and his group were just completely shut out of the game. Right. But he was standing there being like, guys, you're all work. you're all saying, like, we should all work together. And we we had this conversation on the episode of, like... You're saying we should all work together, but that means that when someone goes home, they'll be going home for no reason, and that's screwed up. We need to compete because that's all we have. That's all. That's the artifice. Like, if you don't believe, if you were the player, don't believe in the artifice of the game, then they, there is no game. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's definitely a good point, and I want to see more of that from him. Like, that's that's the good version of uh, unhappy with things. Gura is when he's he's like. Either he's in the inside and he's making deals and he's making stuff happen, or I want him on the outside but having an interesting perspective, right? Right, yeah. Because he does, like, he does seem to think pretty differently than the rest of the crew. Um, he's got so a different, yeah, he is, he is the perspective of being older and, and he comes at it like I attempting to break the game the second they announce the rules. He's like, oh, all right, here's how we break it. And then it's like never true. It's never accurate. But that's... That is the way he plays, and that is unique in its own right, for sure. And he also, like, he has this dynamic of wanting people to meet him on his terms all the time, um, which, like, is, is is both destructive and constructive, right? I Definitely. think it's, like, when it works, it's this powerful force for loyalty, and it, 
is interesting, and I don't think anybody else in the game plays that way. But, like, that's why he gets shut out this time, right? It's because he keeps trying to make things work on his terms, and people are like, no, I think you're going to have to work with me here. And he's like, well, fuck that. Um, Good point. Like, Songmin doesn't shut him down this game. Songmin is trying to work with him, but Songmin is also wants to work with him as an equal, not a subordinate, and Gura just can't tolerate it. It's, yeah, I think, to talk about the game in general, like, I want, I just, the conclusion to this is I want to see players that are invested in the game. Because, as we mm-hmm. said last time, if they're not going to try, or if they're just going to, you know, come up with their one plan, it it's, you know what it reminds me of? It's like, if you ever, um like, had a childhood game you played with your friends, or like a video game that you play with people, and then there's the one person who, like, finds, the, it's like a fighting game thing, where they find, like, how to do Sub-Zero's Ice Beam. And sure. then they just do that, and you're like, "Yeah, you're gonna win," but like, like, were you? Were, are you gonna feel good about winning if you just cheese the game every time? Mm-hmm. And then, like, if someone figures out a way around it, then they're just like, "Well, fuck this well, game." Exactly. Well, they're like, "Fuck this. This game is bad." And it's like, no, f- like fighting games are literally designed around counteracting the one good move. That's the whole point mm-hmm. of balance. And this yeah. game is meant to be balanced around people wanting to compete. Yeah. In my opinion. In, in, in my opinion. I think that's part of why, like, so this episode is another episode where we see uh, Songmin and Kyungran working together, our two, our two favorites. Is that still accurate to say? The go Kyung-ran's duo, as favorite? I refer to them, yes. Because sometimes you're really, you're pretty heavy in the Sungyu camp, which I understand. I mean, the thing is, Sungyu's adorable, and I relate to him, but I still super, super duper want Kyungran to win the whole thing. Okay, okay. That's, I mean, any any three of them would be pretty fantastic. But Absolutely. Yes. Songmin's still my boy, and Kyungran, like, that's what makes Songmin, Kyungran, every time I see them working together, it's it's not just because, like, hey, our two favorites are in the same room, right? It's all ju- also just, like, there's so much just, like, they are open and trusting and treating each other as equals, and it is not... We're so used to these alliances where it's like, oh, look, it's the Jinho alliance. It's the, it's the Teacher Cha alliance. It's like, this is their cooperation. It's not one person's group. Exactly. It's a lot more fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and they seem, I think this is the best thing about seeing Kyungran and Sogman work together, is they're like, yeah, we'll work together now and like make good alliances now, but like, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm not going to stick with you. And they're both yeah. aware of that. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. the... And we, we'll talk about this at the end, but like the problem we had with the way this episode wraps up is it feels like they established a relationship that was like too trusting mm-hmm. and like to the, to the point where it felt like artifice. Where it's like, no, these people... Why would they like each other this much? You literally fucked this person over last week. What do you... like? You know what I mean? Yeah. But Kyungran and Songmin consistently with everybody that they're with are committed to the heart of the game and playing it the right way... Quote, unquote, the right way and playing it to be competitive and I just I love that so much about both of them and there's also so much like so I I, I it feels kind of cheesy to use the word but I'm gonna say nobility to the way they both play which is right yeah. which is like we're gonna like from week to week we're fucking competing I'm gonna beat you but like if I say today that I'm going to work with you I'm going to work with you and I'm gonna do whatever I can to help you when Kyung Ran lat like last episode had you know like got Chung Yup to help them out and then it was like, okay, time to go talk about who we send home. And and Kyung Ron is just like, everybody stop talking. Let's talk about how we're going to help Chung Yup. Yeah. He helped us. We are going to have his fucking back. Hell yeah. And, and like this episode, we have like Song Min, uh, you know, like, I, I, I hate, you know, we will talk about the DM, but Song Min, 
uh, feels like he was trying to help someone in the main match and he didn't do a very good job, right? Yes. And so when it comes to the DM, he's sort of like, he's in a position where it's like, oh, it's up to him to decide the game. And he's like, well, I feel like I didn't help this person as much as I should have. So I'm giving them the win. Exactly, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, it's just these these character threads that I really I really find compelling. Right, I like the thing of these people and and this is something we've kind of gone away from in our discussions over the weeks, but uh early on we talked about how one of the coolest things about the genius, especially in comparison to western uh reality TV, is that these people at the end of the day, no matter how much they want to get competitive and mess with each other, still respect each other and understand that it's just a game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you see Kyungran and Songmin do all these deals and like plan to mess each other up, and and when it comes down to it, they're gonna throw they're gonna throw down the gauntlet, but like they're gonna go home and still like be people. Mm-hmm. It, 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 there's no attempt by the show to tell you like, oh, these these alliances are super serious. Like they know they're having fun. End of the day, most of the people mm-hmm. at this point do, and you know that is again why like Gura often rubs me the wrong way. Is it's just yeah. like he he doesn't look like he's having fun. Um, like I would love to be in the genius. I would probably suck. That's why I think I would probably just be like, uh, um, like I would probably just be sung you or I'd be like, Oh, I don't know how the rules work. Please somebody help. And I would get fucked over, but it would be fun, man. See, that's, that's, that's you. I would be like the, the hybrid of, uh, Jun Seok and Songmin. There I'd be is. the one who's like super into it and super hyper and goes home the first week. Cause I'm so bad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. So that's that's the honest truth. I want to believe I'm a songman, but really, that's just that's just my aspiration. In fact, I'm a Junseok. <laughs> I am fucking going home. <laughs> love my, <laughs> I love my buzz, this BuzzFeed quiz that we've created. Of which uh, genius character are you? Oh man, that would be that'd be a good one. I don't know how to make those well enough to reflect reality, but that would be fun. Uh, what else? Are the, what are the other big plays in this episode? I mean, I feel like the biggest play, the like the thing that defines the game is we're seeing everybody's hints right everybody everybody got a hint at the start of the game as to who's going to win and the hints kind of work together to form a picture and for some people they're just saying their hint and for other people they're saying their hint and then like there's a camera cut to like a confessional of them showing their hints you know for for a fact it's concrete right correct um and i feel like so I'm I'm curious to I don't think I heard this from you last time. There was a point, um, I don't know, like maybe 20 minutes in or something, where I had the realization of like, oh wait, maybe some people have been lying, right? Like it took me kind of an embarrassingly embarrassingly long time to think of that, right? Um, and when did that occur for you? Uh, when they said it. <laughs> because yeah, a lot again, faster than me, huh? Well, no, it just like no, not faster than you. Towards the end, when it ha- like when oh. it happened. Oh, I see. Is what I mean. Not, like, immediately, but, like, when uh, it was revealed, like, oh, somebody lied, we know who it is now. Because I, mm. that's sometimes the thing that makes me feel, like, unintelligent when watching this show, is, like, oh, I'm, I, I don't even, I, I'm not even thinking on a high enough level to see how people could mess each other up. Like, mm. I know how you could cheat in this game, but I didn't even consider it, and then someone said, and I was like, duh, like, duh, that's the right way to play this technically, is to just, mm-hmm. you know, fudge one result, and then you'll take the whole entire game down. Yeah, for me, I was taking everyone at face value until there was a big scene of, like, Jinho and, like, four other people talking about their hints. And I started, like, two people went in a row, and, like, the format of their clue was really similar. And I was like, I bet one of them just lied. Because, like, the clues that we are shown are all, like, phrased 
significantly differently, right? Correct. There's never there's not like like two that use the same sentence structure in a row, and so it's like okay, if people are saying this, like I suspect that someone is is noticing and trying to like obfuscate their clue to try and throw everybody off, and that's absolutely what happens. But I could not get a read onto who it was, um, and I feel like that maybe is. The one thing, like this, you mentioned earlier, this is the one episode where they go out of their way to say, you can guess what's going to happen. You can figure it out, right? Yeah, exactly. But I also don't know how reasonable that is. Because, like, you're given clues, you're told that some of them are concrete and some of them are not. You don't have enough concrete ones to get the answer. And you don't know these people. Part of the, the, the like, the biggest tell as to whether or not someone is lying is knowing them and knowing how they talk. And it's, it's not only the fact that we don't know them, but you know, there's obviously a language barrier. And mm, so like so too. often subtlety is hard to pick up on or like irony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the way the show is like cut very fast. And we talk about like the emo text and all that stuff. And you know, there we could totally just be missing things because we'd, like you said, we don't know these people that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Earlier when I said there were two things I wanted to mention and I forgot what the second one was. Uh, the second one is related to what we're talking about, which is um, the episode does do some the smart thing where even though they don't give you enough hints and we don't know the people well enough, we can't really figure things out. Every couple of minutes, they like collate all of the hints gathered so far on camera to you mm-hmm. and just say like, all right, here is technically what the result could be. Or here are the options. We're going to cross out the wrong ones and circle the right ones. Like basically the showing your work of the of the episode. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. I wish I that the show was always doing that or even like found some way to sort of like do it in the corner or something all at all times just so I would um be able to stop worrying about like oh, I'm missing the information like it's just being given feel, to me. I feel like they do that pretty often though. I mean like I think they do it m- more clearly in this episode but like we do like you know like abundance and famine we do get like the you know they're talking and then cut to like here is teacher Cha's plan and then the music kicks in like don don da don as they're showing like the, the diagrams and stuff it's fair yeah i think so, you're right though it was more explicit in the sound i think this this game was more naturally suited to showing exactly the possibility space right yes exactly cuz it's like it's it's not a game of like 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 various rounds and your maneuvers per round like they're not like if they'd ever tried to take that moment to be like here is how someone is going to bet they're going to bet here in this round and they're going to split here that would have been confusing as hell uh exactly so so how do we get to the 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 back end of this episode like how do we or how do they how does how do they <laughs> um so the game keeps regressing like bets are happening and it feels like like um like songmin has basically figured out he's like okay it has to be the top three have to be horses one four and seven and kyung runs uh kyung runs with him so she's in on that and uh sung is with him and so it's sort of like a, a decent number of people are like okay it's one four seven and we just need to figure out which one of those it is right right correct and then like right almost at the very end that falls apart and it's clear it's going to be none of them and everyone has this complete freak out as they're like, wait, what happened? Did someone misremember their clue? Did someone lie? And it's like, yes, someone lied. Uh, Yunji lied about her clue. When everyone was talking, she just straight up made something up. There's a confessional scene of her being like, this week I don't trust anybody, so I'm just going to lie. So it's like, it's the, it's the most like, like her, you know, she's not, I feel like there's, uh, sometimes there's a, 
tendency for people in confessionals to be a bit coy about things and be like, oh, I just don't know if I can trust people this week, so maybe I'll be a little evasive. And, you know, she's just like flat out like, I don't trust them. I'm going to lie to them now. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. Wow. All right. Say your plan. Heck yeah. It's like at <laughs> um, me next time. Come on. Yeah, she just, she just fucking owns it, and it it super works. It destroys everyone because it seems like also we don't get any shots of anyone else. Like maybe this is an excuse for both of us here, right? But like also none of the contestants seem to have the moment of like, wait, what if someone is lying? Until they're positive it has happened. Exactly. Right. Right. And so there's that moment where like Songman just like loses his shit. Yeah. Um. And and everybody's freaking out. These are becoming my two like favorite things on the show. One is uh, the characters who deliberately choose to not be caricatures on the show tend to do the most interesting stuff game to game. Mm-hmm. Like Sangwon and Kyungran are like our two favorites, but like they are pretty much out, out there, like loud personalities talking to people, making alliances. Again, I forget that Yunji exists sometimes. I'm like, wait, oh yeah, there is still this person in the back, and then she does the coolest thing, and you're like, yeah, like I really, mm-hmm. really. Maybe that's just, like, the anime lover in me, but, like, the character who doesn't talk for a whole season, and then they turn out to be, like, the villain's brother, and you're like, what? <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Uh, my second favorite thing is that as a result of that, you get so many good freakouts, and, like, just gotta give it up to Songman for this whole episode, his his commitment to it. Uh, yeah. Both, both for his excitement during the horse races, like, screaming, pumping his fist, just like, give me that three, come on, three, 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 like, all this stuff. And then when the breakdown happens, he's just, like, shouting and, like, running back and forth between people. <laughs> like, reminiscent of uh, uh, when he drank the, the spit water. <laughs> Unforgettable moment. Yeah. Uh, I, turned, I turned my head as if I could turn away from my mic to make the... Uh, it doesn't work the way my mic is set up. But, uh, yeah, it's... Songmin has to be one of those per- people that, as the, as the production crew, you're just so ecstatic to have on the show. Yeah. Because he's so into everything, and he makes everything better by his enthusiasm. He is really a precious boy. Um, And I I do... So we talked about earlier about how we felt like it wasn't, it wasn't exactly easy. Like, it may have been theoretically possible, but it wasn't actually possible, realistically, to figure out the answer we felt like, right? Yeah, correct. In in the show's defense, um, they replay like the sequence of like of of Yunji lying, and like in retrospect, it feels like if you were gonna guess on someone lying, it would be her because like one, she does do that thing where she listens to someone else's clue and then she follows them and and like says the same phrasing as them but swaps numbers, mm-hmm. and then also like you can see her in the middle of a sentence, she's like, she's like. Three is slower than four, and you yeah. can see her pause and think. Exactly. Yeah, you're watching the gear turn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I guess in retrospect, but it's like also uh, you're you're being flooded with so much information this game that yeah, I don't know. I don't know how realistic it was that we should have been able to solve this one. Yeah. Again, this is why it's not my favorite, but we seem to have found a mm. lot to like about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so then the uh, the episode is winding down, um, and Songmin is still trying to figure out like who lied and what's going on, and he just tells uh, Yurim, who's been this whole game trying to catch up with him, because you know it's Songmin. He's been like literally almost running around the place the whole time, and Yurim keeps like chasing after him, being like, "Songmin, we really should talk." And Songmin's like, "Sure, sure, one second. Okay, one more second." Um, 
And finally he catches, he, she catches him and he's like, I just, I don't, all I know right now is that four is going to win and you should bet on four. All in um, on four, baby. Right. And so she all ends on four and, uh, and that's wrong. <laughs> Dead the wrong. way, the way the game ends is that horse number three comes in first horse number eight comes in second. Mm-hmm. And this result means that Urim gets zero chips. She wins. She does not win a single one of her bets. The uh, winner is actually uh, Kyungran, who, despite being like misconvinced about what was going to happen, still was wise enough to diversify her bets that she still won. Um, she managed. She managed to like, even though she she also was thinking one four seven the whole time. She just she just was smart about placing her bets even against herself in a way that meant that she won. Yeah, that's um, a smart way to do it. Really, really admirable. Um, and so she gives a token of life to Songmin for, for all his hard work and willingness to share information. Correct. And then Yurim uh, picks Jungmoon to take to the deathmatch. Um, and uh, we, had this, we had this bit on the last episode, but I feel like it's important to say that we, I had this, this moment of revelation because Yurim says that she's t- taking uh, Jungmoon to the deathmatch to take her garnets, right? Because Jungmoon has a decent number of garnets. Correct. And I had a flashback to previously when Yurim took uh, Min Seo to the deathmatch and said, I'm doing it because you were greedy because of your garnets. Yeah. And at the time, I, I thought that was weird because Min Seo had taken like three garnets, which was the same as everyone else in her alliance. Like at that time... Minseo didn't stand out for her greed, right? At the time, yes. But it's because she was talking about total garnets, not garnets that episode, and I was just being short-sighted. Mm. <laughs> so, like, Yurim, Yurim is clearly, like, when she's picking for DM, she's like, I want someone who has a lot of garnets who I think I can beat. And, like, yes, that is the logic. <laughs> That's very good logic. That is the um, winner's That is the winner strategy. I, when I, took the, when I was taking notes on this kind of became the, like, smiling devil emoji where I was like, oh, you know who needs to get sent to the DM is fucking Songmin. Just because I love it when things get spicy on the show. Like, so much. And then I was like, no, no, of course not. Of course he literally gets immunity because why, why would he get sent? That was a foolish of me. Uh, that was also more really that. cruel of you. Like, really fucked. Like, what the hell, Alan? <laughs> why? Because I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the, uh, the devil on your shoulder of this podcast. But that means that you're the angel and that's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> whoa whoa okay I can't be any so i'm meaner. being i'm being called problematic for being nice and wanting people to be happy all right cool i want I'm blood go gura, i want people I'm to kill go each other gura on the show. in the corner i don't even want to be here anymore take my ball and going home uh so in the uh challenge this week we announced the homework right correct do you want to tell the folks what we announced? So for the homework, I had you read something? Uh, well, okay, okay, so for the original homework, you yeah. had me listen to Fantasies by Metric. Accurate. Um, and we recorded that, and we had a conversation, and all that recording's gone. So that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Sorry. We're, uh, we, you had, what you actually did this time is you had me read a Edgar Allan Poe piece of detective fiction indeed spooky stuff so it was a uh, murder on room morgue is that right correct the murder the murder at room morgue yep um 
so what's your what's your history with this one? So with this one specific, I mean, I read a lot of Poe's like poet poetry um, in high school and like in early college, um, but in my grad in my final year of college, I took a lot of lit courses because I had to just like fill up on electives. And I got like two or three in a row where I just kept end up ending up like stumbling into more of Poe's work. So I ended up reading like all of his famous stuff like in the span of a year. Um, and this one came not from a poetry class, but from and not from a short story class to which I did take both of those. But it was from a detective fiction class. And in that context, it was really fun because I've always known Poe to be like the master of like existential horror and dread in poetry. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew he wrote short stories. Like, I've read uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, which I was also thinking about having you read, but I think it's kind of boring until the end. Uh, that's the one with the house that eats itself. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but then the Murder Room Org, I mostly remember for my... This was a cool thing for me because it's where my detective fiction professor was like, hey, guys, uh, professor here, uh, just want to let you know that sometimes the authors that you like aren't always good. Okay, so that's, I was going to say, like, I wonder if this is going to be me being mean, but, like, no, it turns out we're we're okay here. Because um, this isn't a great story. Oh, but it's so fucking fun. It's so it's, dumb and hilariously fun. It's such a weird, it's such a weird, okay, so. Um, Set it up for the kids. Let me see. I, I want to um, well, talk for a second a little, just a little bit more, because I, I want to check something. Sure. Basically, this is, uh. It's it's one of Poe's art because he did like do a couple of uh, detective stories around this character, like this detective. I forget the guy's name because I didn't uh, reread the story because I'm mad. But he like wrote all these. It's sort of like his, his Sherlock Holmes, his answer to Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes. And he really liked Sherlock Holmes, like reading at the time. The thing is, um, he didn't like he knows how to write endings. Uh, he doesn't know how to write like plot development or exposition very well, at least mm-hmm. not in ways that are like interesting to the modern reader. I don't mean to just be like pose a hack and sentence send tweet like po he he writes well for his time, obviously, but mm-hmm. just like the progression of the story like makes very little sense and is very weird, and then he just yeah. throws a very good twist at you and then you're supposed to like be left satisfied with the ending, but it's like Poe, I just read like like thousands of words of plot development about this woman in the house and the apartment and like examining it and coming back the next day and going home. And like all of it was building up to like, yo, it was a fucking gorilla. Like, isn't that good? You guys. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, that's really, really, really good. But it took you so long to get there. And a lot of the steps you took along the way are kind of bad, my man. Yes. Um, Yes. 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 So, okay. The thing I wanted to check was I wanted to go to wordcounter.net. Yeah. Um, because the opening of this story is 1,146 words of Poe talking about how chess sucks. Um, and it's, it's a hell of a thing. Um, he's just talking about, like, you're not actually that smart if you're good at, like, I mean, listen, some really smart people are bad at chess, you guys. I just want you to know that you could be really smart, like maybe Mr. Edgar Allan Poe, and still be bad at chess. I think it's important to remember that people in the time of Poe didn't have Twitter, (laughs) but like, so they had it, they had to get a chance to vent somewhere. And sometimes he just puts it in his fucking stories. And it's like, Poe, what are you doing? (laughs) Why did you put this in here? It's at at once like baffling and bizarre and hilarious and also 
incredibly relatable because yeah as you say it's just it's just a twitter rant about how edgar Allan poe's bad at chess and he hates it <laughs> it's just like all right man rock on i guess oh my god i love uh, it so much it's kind of incredible um but from there we get into the actual story and yeah we have uh monsieur uh augustus dupont hell yeah uh, that's my boy or sorry just august dupont i added some extra letters there um, but yeah, he is, he is a Frenchman who loves to read and loves to be alone. And huh. our, uh, our, per, our main character, our first person, uh, narrator is just a friend of his who also likes reading and being alone, but isn't as smart as, as Monsieur Dupont. And so they like, they rent out like an empty, like mansion that like is sort of implied, like maybe it's haunted or something because like the rent is ridiculously low and no one wants it. <laughs> I love um, the post says, yeah, yeah, rent, rent is low, must be haunted. <laughs> like, has no perception that, like, sometimes you just get a good deal. He's <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, no, this has ghosts in it. Like, obviously, come on. And he's like, so, okay, what we do is we, like, we get blackout curtains and we put them over every window. And, like, we seal, like, any other sources of light and we light candles at night in here all the time. Mm. But then, like, when it's really night, when it's actually night inside of our night, then it's super night. <laughs> Capital like, N night, a, yeah. You're, right. you're a lunatic. Um, <laughs> I love him so much. And so, like, they're just buds who hang out and read books and don't have jobs. Um, and that's fucking awesome. Relatable, um, love it. Yeah, and so then, like, they they go out, and, they, like, they go out at, at the true night sometimes and go for walks, and while they're doing that, uh, there's this there's this bizarre series where uh, Dupont's like, oh, I see that you're thinking about, like, this, like, this theater, and he's like, how did you know that? And, like, it's the most, like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be serious or if he's making fun of detective stories with this. I genuinely can't tell. Because there's this ridiculous, like, eight-step process of him being like, ah, you bumped into this person, which meant you thought about this, 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 which means you finally thought about this. It's like, what? Right, there's like 11 jumps of logic to get to the simple thing that I wanted to, yeah, yes. It is, in fact, entirely jumps of logic. You have built a bridge out of jumps, my friend. Um, it's, it's, It's kind of like... I don't know. Do you have an opinion over whether this is supposed to be like tongue in cheek or serious? It's hard to answer because we know I didn't. I don't. I didn't know Edgar Allan Poe, but I do sincerely think it's just really good fan work. Like he read a lot of Holmes and was like, "I want to do that," but like he missed the part where like sometimes actually reading Sherlock Holmes, which people at home should do. Some of Sherlock Holmes shit is really good, and also most mm-hmm. of it's in the public domain. Um, Although it it is a little bit dated, like the fun of it is just like this character is ridiculous. Like it's almost never about like the mystery because the mystery just is these leaps of logic that get you to a conclusion. And I think Poe kind of like tries that, but then like his character work is not very good. And then he doesn't know how to get to the mystery. He he clearly, I'm like almost positive he wrote the end of this first. <laughs> and he was yeah, like, well, fuck. No, so like, we sure. have to have a zoo. We have to have an escaped animal. We have to have these curtains. We have to have this pipe and this and that lady and she's asleep and this thing, this thing, this thing. Bam, I wrote a story. And it's like, it's so, it's like super sloppy. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. it's parody because I think it's just him trying to emulate a different style. Hmm. Uh, but I might be wrong. Yeah, that's real. That's, that's a really, that's a really interesting thought. Um, 
Yeah, because, like, the solution to the mystery, like, there are so many parts of this that don't make real, like, they make sense as far as, like, he explains what happens. Like, okay, sure, that's theoretically possible, but, like, he explains this thing about, like, the curtains, right? It's like, oh, like, how did, how did the assailant get out without being spotted? It's like, well, they must have gone out through this window and then closed the curtains and nailed the curtains shut behind them, but that doesn't make any sense. So obviously this is a fake nail and the curtains are spring-loaded. It's like, <laughs> why? Why would anyone do that in their house? That doesn't I- make any sense. It's, it's, it's pretty... Or like, like, ah, like, I see, I see that, like, what must have happened here is that it was a gorilla who climbed the lightning rod and jumped to the shutter, and then his owner climbed the lightning rod and jumped to the shutter after him, <laughs> and, like, started shouting from outside the window. Um, um, I would briefly just like to remember to, to put a correction here before we get a comment. Um, I was mistaken. Um, Sherlock Holmes came after this story. That's way funnier to me, though, because that just means that Poe liked, like, trashy detectives, because there were, obviously, there were detective stories. This was 1841, approximately, when it was first published. The first Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes story was, like, the late 1800s. Um, mm. I think he just liked this kind of story, and he wrote a sloppy one. Sure. To, to sure. sort of, like, go back and answer your previous question. But anyways, we can move right along with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, it is so many weird leaps of logic involving the zookeeper and the woman herself, and... Um, mm-hmm the house and like the lengthy descriptions of the house and its layout. Yeah. That's the other thing is that the, like, I don't know there's, there's, this is one of the things that I butt my heads up, my head up against a lot, which is like how we relate to older fiction. Um, yeah, because like by modern standards of fiction, the pacing and structure of this is absolute trash, like unbelievably bad. Right. right? Like there are, there's like, let's see how many paragraphs is this back to back? I think it's like, 20 paragraphs straight of just unbroken this person talking and explaining things, not interspersed with anything. Correct. Um, and, like, how much of that is just like, well, okay, we used to write things differently, and how much of that is, this is just bad. Like, this is just like, there's no pacing here, there's no flow, it's just a person, like, just stream of consciousness thing, you know? Yeah, I, I think this is such a hard question to answer, the only thing I can answer is like whether or not I enjoy reading this now. And if I'm able to get past the dated aspect of its pacing and still enjoy what comes out. And like, I personally can, I I've, I've read this one at least twice now because uh, I think about it a lot and it makes me laugh a lot. I'm not going to tell you it's like super interesting. And I was actually surprised you managed to get it done in a day because it's so sluggish. But like it, the difference is not that the length is different because like you said, it, or whatever it's not actually compared to novels that long like we all read harry potter as kids and that's like thousands of pages uh Mm -hmm. this is like technically what like 10 to 20 pages of of reading depending on how font and whatever works Mm -hmm. it just feels slow because it's like they focus on things that we don't usually think about people should focus on in stories anymore because Mm -hmm. so much of our narratives these days are focused are, are centered on like getting somewhere or doing a thing Whereas this story yeah. is just like, no, we're just going to hang out. Like, I'm just going to talk for a while. We're going to talk about chess. We're going to go for a walk in the night. Like, we're going to meet this character and get to know her. And then, like, oh, yeah, we have a mystery. Like, let's wrap that up. Let's overexplain it. And let's get to an ending. Like, it's just because it, this was published in a magazine, um, mm-hmm. in Graham's magazine, I believe. Uh, and so, like, it was just a, like, oh, it's like a fun thing to read. It's kind of, like, relatable and funny and, like, weird. And 
the mystery is kind of interesting. Like, it wasn't meant to be, like, a gripping, uh, you know, detective thriller or something. Yeah, it's it. Uh, if you're curious, it comes at it comes out at just under fourteen thousand words. Okay, yeah. So that's not uh, that's not like long. Like I said, that's not a novel. Yeah, that's not that's certainly not insurmountable. Um, but it's also way longer than the story needed to be, and it's just it's it's just it's strange. I I also like I could see myself reading this again, but it's kind of like. Like sometimes, not as much anymore, and I should start doing it again. But sometimes I'll read bad fan fiction. Hell yeah! Because it's interesting to see how someone who doesn't follow the same rules of writing that I do goes about something. Yeah, or like what they value is different than what you value in mm-hmm. your writing. Yeah, totally. Like I um, so like here's the thing about me as a writer, and I won't talk too much about this. This isn't you know six is fucking fiction hour, but like. I don't describe things very much, right? I will describe things as they come up. If I talk about someone touching their hair, that's when you're going to find out what color their hair is. Otherwise, I'm not going to tell you. Um, right, because it's more be- fun for the reader to to make that picture in their head, and also it can feel extraneous. Right. I, like, I'm really, really worried about flow. I'm really worried about, like, something feeling, like, really, like, like halting to stop in the middle to be like when you walk into a room and see someone you've never seen before unless they look completely outrageous you don't just stop and look them up and down for 30 seconds and fiction does that all the goddamn time right because fiction has this a lot often especially in the case of of the works like this one uh has this worry that you're going to like not get the right picture in your mind Mm-hmm. Which is remarkable to me because Poe writes really good poetry when he gets a word limit. When he uses poetry as as a way of like like the reason the Raven is really good is um the part where he looks out the door and doesn't see anything, and that's the mm-hmm. scariest part in the Raven. It's like oh my god, the idea that he looked outside and there was nothing but darkness is like primally terrifying to me because he didn't describe shit about it. He just said like you know the care the guy opened the door and there was no no one was there, mm-hmm. and it's like that's cooler than. Hey, let me tell you all about how this guy feels about chess. Like, I, whatever. I don't need. I didn't need this. Yeah, I'm telling you. When I when I look at my memory of this of this story, it it is the way it works in my head. Is Act One is a bunch of description. Act B is uh, the examination of the house and the mystery, and then Act C is yo, it was a fucking gorilla. That's all I remember mm-hmm. about it. That's that's pretty much held up. That is pretty much what happens in this in this. Yeah. Um. So I guess I guess we'll wrap here. Um, so on the original recording, uh, with the homework you gave me, I did not give you a garnet for that. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a garnet for this one. This was really fascinating. Wow. Um, I I had I had a good time, like wondering if I was gonna get on this episode and be like, I think this is actually bad, and you being like, what? I was actually no, <laughs> like, fuck that. Know? I mean, listen, Poe's a Poe is a very talented writer. In the right context. And I don't think this was the context for him, but that's also why it's amazing. Exactly. So. This makes me really happy, A, because I love garnets. I, I eat them for breakfast. And B, because... Um, are we allowed to do that, by the way? We were supposed to eat them, right? Uh, sure. I'll, how many have you eaten so far? I lost count. Okay. I'm going to lose count of how many I'm going to deduct from your total. Okay. Whoa! Hey, now. <laughs> you ate them. They're gone. Well, what I was... I can just shake my stomach and we'll determine the number. No, what I was going to say was what makes me happy is that... We don't have to bring homework to each other that you're guaranteed to like. 
Because if, mm-hmm. if it's only like, oh, I have to find things that six likes, then the struggle is going to be difficult forever. It has to be like, oh, this was an interesting discussion and it, it made me think in positive, cool ways. Then that's great. That means we have way more diversity in terms of what we can bring to homework. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think like, you know, good or I liked it or intellectually satisfying. I think there are a lot of angles you can go for here. Hell yeah. I love so. it. All right. Well, Alan... Six. Let's talk about the deathmatch. The DM sliding in the DMs. No, don't actually do that. What, sliding what? in the DMs is a new da, da, way you da, like da, to da, be. Da, 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 da. Uh, no, yes, what that's... this? Uh, this was a this was weird. They did the game again. Yeah, they did. They did rock paper scissors. They did the winning streak game again. Um, and when this popped up, I think we were. I mean, I I was definitely pretty disappointed when they announced it. Right. I was, yeah, I was just like, because I hoped every, that what it was just going to be was at least every two episodes, we're going to get a new game. Mm-hmm. We're going to get yeah. that anime where the girls work at a game development studio. But alas, it's just, hey, we, re- like, yeah, I would prefer that the, the main episode's game is diverse and unique every single time, and it is. But, like, the DM is, like, 20 minutes of the episode or something. Like, stop, the, and rock, the Rock, Paper, Scissors one is so dull. Yeah, it it's, really, and, like, it's such a, it's such a solved game. Like, you Honestly, there is honestly almost no benefit. Like I think there are two. In- they, we've played we've played rock paper scissors on on this show. On sorry, on the genius, we have three episodes of it, and each episode has had like what like so all told like thirty instances of no sixty instances of rock paper scissors, right? Right, because it's it's based on like number of wins, not like whether or not you win one of them. Right. So, like, with, like, 60 instances of Rock, Paper, Scissors, we have had two instances of people actually playing Rock, Paper, Scissors and not just throwing shit. Exactly. Like, not announcing beforehand. So, for that purposes, you honestly, legitimately might as well just have them vote. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 artifice. Like, you're just telling me, hey, vote for this, which basically means, hey, give me a win. So why are you playing Rock, Paper, like, there's... The whole point of Rock, Paper, Scissors is it's almost perfectly random. Like, if the yeah. two people aren't, like, if, if the, the conditions are right, then Rock, Paper, Scissors is a completely blind random game. It's used to decide on things. But when you're like, yeah. no, the way this Rock, Paper, Scissors works is we tell people to vote for something, and either they do it or they don't. That's not fun to watch. That's yeah. just checking off people's names on a, on a checklist. So not talking about Rock, Paper, Scissors, just talking about the winning streak version of things. Um, the thing that made this interesting, of course, is we get the reveal that uh, for this DM, there will be some special guests. And all four eliminated players so far file onto the pitch. The Lord's Pitch. That's what we call the genius room. Because we, we were talking about last week, what do we even call this place? No, that wasn't last week. That was the episode we lost. Oh, Rest in peace. Um, by the way, if anyone knows what any of this is called, like, is this the genius mansion? Is the room with, like, the wine and the concrete bricks called, like, the cellar? Like, what is the name of anything? Um, send, a, send us a message. Let us know. We're just going to keep calling it, like, the closet and the library. And apparently the Lord's Pitch is the whole place? Yeah. That's the gap. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Um but yeah, so we get like we get you know Exhibition Cha coming out, and you know he gets a quick little confessional where he's like, "I came back as the Grim Reaper," <laughs> and we get we get Jun Seok, who's who's all excited to throw down, and Chung Yup is back, and he's like, "I I I did my <clears throat> another Grim Reaper reference where he's like, I did my makeup this week to look like the Grim Reaper," 
And everyone says I look really cute, so I guess it didn't work. <laughs> Relatable again. God, Sean Gap's a fucking sexy man. Ah, oh, he's super isn't. Um, and oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> and then uh, Minceo is like, "I'm here. I got a haircut to get Urim. Also, I got a haircut and it looks good. But yes. like, I'm here for Urim. Let's go. <laughs> Let's. Fu- I'm out for blood. Let's fucking go. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So I had my my bet. I bet that Urim was gonna win this. I bet that to you in private. And Urim did, so I got my garnets for that. Um, so there's not any drama on that. Let's talk about how the guests handle all this, though, right? Yeah. Because I think that's that's the interesting part. Mm-hmm. Um. So first off, what like? Hmm. How do you want to tackle this? Let's just talk about Chung Yup. Right? Like, listen, everybody else, everybody else has some fun. Uh, Minseo is pretty clear on her, like, I'm here to, I'm here to punish Yurim. Like, listen, Jung Moon, whatever. I'm, I'm here to get revenge. Uh, Jun Seok has some fun. Teacher Cha, like, he's picked his mostly. Side. Right, like, he set up, he's, he's picked his side, but he also doesn't play his side, right? Because, cause, uh, there's like a quick cut back to Chung Yup talking to Teacher Cha and being like, you have to let me settle this, right? Right, and if 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 Exposition Cha makes his play, then Chung Yup wouldn't get to come up and see Jung Moon. Mm-hmm. He could have settled the game, so he he gives her the win so that Chung Yup can come up and have his moment talking to Jung Moon. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> the, what? The, just specifically regarding the Chung Yup uh, moment and with Jung Moon, that whole thing. That whole thing is like ah, uh, it's so. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I I like how it starts so much. I I said it on the last recording, but still, I I I snipped this quote, which is the part where he's he's clearly had some time to think, and he's t- like he's standing up there with Jung Moon. He's like, you know, the way things went, I didn't know you were a bad person. Bam, curve. And, and Jung and the Jung Moon's like, oh, the situation made me that way. And Chung Yup just immediately says, no, you made the situation, <laughs> which is completely true and the best comeback it's like no <laughs> like yes the situation made you that way a situation you built for the purposes to make you make it that way to give you an excuse um and then he doesn't go through with it like is it like is it like he really like okay so Songmin ends up sending her home right correct and he did it because he felt bad about not being useful enough to Urim, right? That that loyalty thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Chung Yup let Jung Moon go knowing that Song Min was going to take her down? I sort of do, yeah. Somewhat. You're getting, though, into, like, intent, which I always think gets dicey on this show because it's just real people. But that's all we have here. I mean, like, this exchange is, this exchange is, like, the purest intent, right? Right. Like, what was Chung Yup going for here? Was he trying to make Jung Moon sweat and then didn't have the nerve to take her out? Was he wanting to let her, like, make her think about how she screwed him? And then let her go knowing that she would get taken down so that he could still, like, he could have his moment of personal satisfaction of being like, I know what you did, 
but also not make her bitter by taking her down so that they could then be friends after the show? Like, what is he going for here? Would you play, Zhang Yap? I really want to know. The thing I don't like, I do like everything that you've mentioned. The thing I don't like is that uh, when they, like... We when they've been on the show together, Jungwoon and Chungup, it's been like, oh, they're like cute friends. They clearly have like some sort of real physical attraction to each other. That's great, but like they're still playing a game and they're not gonna like go home and date. But then they they sort of like imply in this episode that like, oh wait, no, maybe they like had a thing that was more serious than the show was implying. And I don't know. I don't want the genius to suddenly get horny. Is is part of my issue. I don't want to like talk, think about all these people like dating mm-hmm. and, and like having crushes on each other that much. This is tricky um, because I wanted to say like there's like okay because because I wanted to be like there's no they're not horny there but also like I literally have a documented like inability to detect this so <laughs> like I guess I wouldn't fucking know. It's sexual um, tension. It's not literally horniness. It's not like someone showing off some skin. It's just like. Like, oh, you know, you're back. Or, and it's like a love that is like... Yeah, I thought it was like romantic tension, right? It I is. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't notice a sexual element to it. It is definitely romantic. It's just like even that I didn't really want. I don't want any of these people to like come off the show and like get married. I mean, like if that's like... As long as it's not like wrestling terms, as long as it's not a work, that's fine, right? Like if if this is like these two were on a show together and they were like, you're fucking cute, let's date. Like... Okay. Yeah, rock on. You're human beings. I also don't think it's any of our business, I guess, but, like, if it comes up while they're on air, like, oh, by the way, we're dating, like, okay, cool. That seems like I'm, I hope you guys are having a nice time. That, it, what you just said is why I ultimately don't like it is, like, it's not my business to know what these people think romantically hmm. of each other. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I, I guess, like, if this is, if this is all we ever get of it, then that's fine. Or if, or if it's like, if Jung Moon comes back in season three, and like has a ring on and it's like oh that's my engagement ring to to chung up and they're like oh that's nice and they move on that's fine as long as they don't make more of a deal of it i think it's okay yeah all right that's fair i, I can agree with you on that but alas all right. this this game goes sadly for jung woon and happily for everyone who believes in karma <laughs> <laughs> she, she did that boy wrong and just because he forgave her doesn't mean i'm fucking gonna that's exactly right yep yeah. This was one of those where she left and everyone was like, aw. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it's a game she played. She played, like, ruthlessly. And I, I respect that. But also, like, it's it's the, it's the part where she made excuses for it, right? Yeah. Like, if she'd been, like, like if if the last episode had ended... With her being like, well, like, we got down to it, and it was like, I guess Chung Yup is my best bet. I think I can beat him in a DM. Sorry, man. It's like, okay, high five. That's that's ice cold fucking brutal shit, but, like, I'm down for it. But instead, she's like, I had no choice. It's like, you super did. I love when, this is my, like, last point. I don't have much else to say, but I love when, like, media makes me think about myself and what... And now I'm getting deja vu because I might have literally said this on the first recording. But when 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 shows and things make me think about who I am and what I value, because like last night I was talking to you or, or messaging you about uh, this video game I was playing, Lady Killer or Bind. And the coolest thing about that game for me was like, wow, I'm thinking about like how I view sex and like what I 
would have like where my boundaries would lie in that stuff and that's really cool that I, like a piece of like fiction is getting me to consider this truthfully about myself i think the genius mm-hmm. makes me think about like who what type of shit i'm willing to put up with and still like people cuz like gura not participating in the game is like annoying but i would never say like kick him off the show for that i just don't hope he wins but mm-hmm. for some some reason jung moon being like like doing that twist of like she fucked that boy unfairly like in, a, in an unfair way i'm like no that's unacceptable <laughs> yeah that's and my i agree line. with you it 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 was kind of i mean like not unacceptable to the point where she like she like like where if this was airing live i would have been sending letters like take her off the show no, of but like not. when but, but when she gets you know when it's revealed that she's lost and she's going home it's like fuck yeah she is yeah it's a so. bit redemptive like a teensy bit Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, if, and if she comes back in the future, it's gonna be like, no, you did a bad thing, and karma kicked you in the ass for it. Clean slate. Welcome back. Right. I would totally will. Exactly. That's yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, Alan, Alan, Alan. Six, six, six. <laughs> That's a joke about the devil number that you just made. It's me. I'm the devil. Is my. Am I coming through okay? My signal's been going up and down. Yeah, I've heard you fine. Oh, good. I was wondering if I was going to have to plug in my Ethernet cable, because it's the plug zone. I hate it. Even though I knew it was coming, I could tell the tone. This time I'm finally learning <laughs> when I'm getting fucked over. <laughs> what do we do here, Six? Well, I think you start off by plugging your stuff. You can just jam this lightning cable into the wall. You can. Find me on Twitter. Follow me. Follow my antics. At Alan Ibrahim. That's spelled... A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. You can also listen to my silly voice on two, count them, two other podcasts. One is Fireside Friends. It's a monthly pop culture discussion show that I co-host with Ryan and Katie. You can find it on firesidefriends.net. And if you want to hear me talk about television, you can hear me on The the Chats Room, or Chats a Television Podcast is the whole feed's name. It's a TV show that I do, a TV discussion show that I do with my best friend Magellan once a week. Uh, we're trying to keep a regular schedule as we attempt to tackle Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom right now. It's a really bad show, <laughs> but we're having a lot of fun. How about you? Uh, so if you want to follow me on the Twitter sphere, you can find me at 6Detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. And if you want to hear my entirely serious, never-joking tone on all sorts of podcasts, I have a couple of weekly ones and a couple of monthly ones. The weekly ones, we have a podcast for the uh, MOBA Dota 2. Uh, It's a video game thing, folks. If you're not into video games, or if you're not into MOBAs, or if you're not in specifically Dota, it's probably not for you. Yeah, it's listen, it's a life choice you make, or it makes for you, or something. I don't know. Dota's (laughs) Dota's a problem. It's a good show. If you like Dota, you should really listen. Um, So it's Bottle Crow Reborn. You can find that on wherever you find... Any of these, you can find wherever you find podcasts, except for one, I guess. We'll mention that. Um, It's a a good show. That one's weekly. Uh, We also have... uh, Oops, all anime. This one is the only podcast that is patron only. You have to give us a dollar a month at the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash scanline media to get me and my friend Jennifer. And we're talking about various anime. We try a different one every week. We have guests on like Alan here, uh, like Ryan, as mentioned from Fireside Friends. We have all sorts of people on to talk about anime and why it's good or why it's really, really bad sometimes. Uh, have a good time with that. I also have two monthly shows you should know about. There's Neutral Game, which we should have a new episode, like, 
real soon, um, where we talk about fighting games and how to get into fighting games and approaching them some, like, the fighting game community is way too up its own butt, and we want to make it more friendly for people. So that's what we do there. Um, and the last one is Novel Not New. That's a visual novel, like, book club-style podcast where I, Jen from Oops All Anime, and also M of Abnormal Mapping, uh, talk about visual novels. We we play one a month, and then we talk about them. And it's a good time. It's a good series of shows. I was reading the uh, the the murder solution from the you know murderers at Rumorg, and I was like, man, this really reads like a Danganronpa mystery solution. Wow! I'm telling I'm telling Jen. You should go for it if you want to hear more sick. Man, she'd be so into that. She's like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Perfect. <laughs> oh, I love you, Jen. But like, goddamn. <laughs> Um, so if you want to hear me get really angry about Danganronpa, uh, that'll come out, you know, middle of April, probably. And, uh, until next time, peace out. Oh, Garnet Wagers, Garnet Scores, uh, end of this episode, we are at, I closed the document, I am good at this. Uh, Alan is at 44 Garnets, I am at 30 Garnets. Hmm. And that's where we'll stay, until next time. See ya.